I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we are all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is Red All Over, your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. Molly. Yes. Episode 7. Oh, boy. The Other Side. Yeah. What a showcase for the podcast's boyfriend, O.T. Fagbenley. Benley. I don't know why I say it like I that. I don't but. know why I say it like I'm Roberto Benini and Life is Beautiful. <laughs> like, Macben- oh. oh, man. See, now he's going to get mad. You know how he gets when we say his I name know. in an Italian we accent. Talk, we talk so much smack, but he's so handsome and nice. So handsome. He's our boyfriend. What can he's we say? He's our boyfriend. He's the podcast boyfriend. All of us redheads. We're in a group relationship mm-hmm. with OT. Mm-hmm. True that. Strangely not, Max Minghella. Sorry, Max. No, I don't. Yeah, no. I'm gonna tweet at Max this episode. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> tweet at him. You, with- are you upset by, by the fact that we're dating OT and not you? <laughs> Tweeted him with the caveat, like, if it would bother you to hear about how someone wants to spread your butt on toast and eat it, um, <laughs> maybe don't listen. But you could still RT, like, yeah, no problem. Can, yeah, we would. Lo- <laughs> he's got a lot of followers. I'd be, I'd be all about the sure. signal boost personally. <laughs> he's got those social network followers. <laughs> They love him. If this podcast sounds extra sexy, it's because we're recording from your boudoir. Ooh, and this is my boudoir. <laughs> Just l- a little programming. It's my boudoir out. where I get that bootay. Okay. Yeah. Not right now. <laughs> no. That hashtag vaginal sabbatical. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into this episode, Other Side, which I would be remiss to our podcast's biggest fan, Red Scott, if I did not mention other side is also a super duper good macklemore song cool. anyway cool <laughs> moving uh, on i think isn't it also a red hot chili pepper song maybe but i don't like that song as much as i like this macklemore song i don't like macklemore at all oh but that's I a do, wrong opinion i do like the red hot chili peppers a lot which is problematic and we don't have time to get into nope. it but i really like them so you know we should get into the beginning scene of this episode we sure should because who boy so we start out and I'm like, we've seen this before because mm-hmm. it is Luke driving the car, mm-hmm. losing control, mm-hmm. careening into this ravine. Right. And then, you know, we see June getting out with Hannah saying, did the car go boom? That, and I'm like, that slays me. That broke my heart. Did the car go boom? Like trying the whole like trying to keep a kid calm in a very scary situation yes. just destroyed my heart i did notice here i'm like oh my god the car is that color blue mm-hmm. that we kind of got from her monologue in the mm-hmm. second episode as she was getting ceremonied that's right she was like the car was that color yeah like maple syrup then we got the radiator fix now that makes sense and, we got maple yeah. syrup because they were eating pancakes <gasps> oh all the time god. well it smelled like that because um when you have radiator problems, your car smells like maple syrup. I see oh, that as somebody uh-oh. who had a car with a lot of radiator problems in college. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, and I guess we didn't do quite do uh, Red All Over again. But the thing I should mention now that Hannah is kind of back in play is we did get intel that Hannah is a biblical name and it refers to a barren woman in the Bible. So makes sense. Kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. All right. So it's them trying to sneak out of the country and uh, it shows it shows um luke's perspective after offred and hannah run into the forest i got very excited because Mm -hmm. it's very in line with what they did last episode Mm -hmm. you know last episode we did get offred's perspective and some of her inner monologue but this was almost a luke bottle episode very good until the very end i think we get a little bit of offred but this is because we see him yelling at june and hannah to go and get away 
And then it's just all him and he's trying to like load a gun. Mm-hmm. He's super nervous. He can't do it. Mm-hmm. The guardians, I totally forgot they're called guardians. So yeah. angels are the soldiers. Guardians are the yeah. like domestic guards. Okay. All right. So, you know, again, you can tell that our listenership is mostly female because <laughs> nobody corrected us on that. <laughs> nobody sent us a passive aggressive wow. email. Or tweet that was like, um, actually, they're guardians, not angels. <laughs> and we thank you for that. We can't tell you how much we thank you for that. We thank you for your lack of passive aggression. <laughs> thank you. Well, I mean, we did have some passive aggressive feedback the other day, but I'm not going to go into it. We don't need to talk. Listen, don't engage. You're right. Don't engage. Drop it. <laughs> now, what I found strange, so so he goes... As he's getting the gun, the guardians drive up and they shoot. <laughs> and they sh- they shoot him in the belly. And I was kind of surprised that the next scene was him in the ambulance because I don't get why they didn't just kill him. I completely agree with you. Again, yeah. I would say this is a Mike Mulligan situation <laughs> where I'm like, I don't get the role building here. But what else is interesting? We didn't bring this up because normally we break this into sections. Right. And we can because there's some flashback mm-hmm. and, you know, quote unquote present day mm-hmm. happening here. So it's pretty much just the two timelines, which is very Atwoodian. Margaret Atwood usually functions that way. Where yeah. It's she's like, like, this is the present. Now I'm going to have flashback. This is the present. Now I'm going to have a flashback. So it's the difference between like Luke Prime and then Canadian Luke almost. <laughs> I think you mean little American Luke? Oh boy. <laughs> uh, okay. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get why they didn't kill him. I, I don't understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm very confused. I guess as to what happened because there were many guardians. Yeah. Now my assumption is this. My mm-hmm. assumption is that he's there. Mm-hmm. He got shot. You know, he's gut shot. So they just leave him there and there's some, rando ambulance around oh really i don't, I don't think know so. i don't know i mean because unless people... they wanted him for questioning or something that may be it or maybe. maybe they wanted to keep him alive long enough to like bank some sperm ew that's a great idea <laughs> right but like i wonder about that because it's like okay so you're rounding up all these fertile women what are you doing with the fertile men yeah especially when you know that hella commanders cannot inseminate people wow that is a such a good question (laughs) so i mean was he not killed because they knew that he had successfully fathered a child wow and that's something the book definitely doesn't get into no gosh that's that's opening up a whole new can of sperms because (laughs) you're fired you're officially this is now just a podcast me singing the complete libretto of les miserables oh no (laughs) let's nip that one right in the bud (laughs) so yeah so i don't know but we get an interesting scene and this whole thing is very hatchet right Uh it's so hatchet Yes. I, I mean, I was more of a My Side of the Mountain girl myself, but I, yes, it's very hatchet. I mean, look, if we're going to get real, I was about the K. Oh, interesting. That kid was blind. Wow. That would mess up your day. It would mess up your day. It if you were stranded on an island, not in real, not in like yeah, regular it up life. a lot of days for that kid. He was just lucky that Timothy was there. With his cat. I, oh, God. Anyway, if we anyway. keep talking about these young men survival situations. That was young however, adult riff. None of these can hold a candle to the classic Island of the Blue Dolphins. Oof. Mm-hmm. Man, where is that Hulu Abalone. miniseries? Baloney. I would watch that miniseries. I think oh that's a God, great idea. Is that miniseries? Let's write it. All right. Great role for a woman of color. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, it's very Castaway. Season two is Zia. <gasps> anyway, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Young Adult Book Rabbit Hole with Kelly. And Molly. <laughs> Look for our new new podcast. We're a new Barry Award winning. Okay, so the and then the ambulance goes off the road. Now, at any point, did you think that? It was crashed deliberately by the resistance because I thought that we were going to see him opening his eyes and someone being like, get out of here. We saved you. Right. Me too. And that is so not what we get. It's just roads be icy. It's very <laughs> unclear why this happened. He survives the crash because he's strapped into the bed, which is bolted to the floor. Mm-hmm. So he's like upside down, but he's okay. Yeah. Still gut shot, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that just didn't go away. No. So he unhooks himself and like falls out of this bed. He mm-hmm. throws a bunch of medical supplies mm-hmm. in a bag and he goes outside and there's a guardian like lying on the ground. And you know what? You know how you can tell this is a speculative fiction and not real life? How? A man asks for directions. <laughs> Up top. This is the difference between you and I when we watch the episode is you like to get all your jokes out in the room, uh-huh. like in real time as we're watching the episode. And I like save some little chestnuts inside just to surprise <laughs> you on air. So I love it. I love <laughs> that you keep it spicy. I try to keep it spicy. <laughs> uh, so he asked him to find route 201 and he says, mm, I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> and okay. So Luke's wearing glasses. Right? <laughs> Luke's wearing his glasses. And I'm like, you know what, Luke? The day you flee the country... <laughs> Might have been a good day to wear contacts, Luke. Might have been a good day to bust out the old AccuView. Seriously. Like, this is not, this is honestly, again, with my anxieties about society collapsing. Oh, man. Number one, me and a collapsed society without my Zoloft. (laughs) Okay. And then I got bad vision. Yeah, you're going to be screwed. I'm going to be screwed. This is not a good scenario. Like, we have been, we have been defying nature for centuries (laughs) us human beings those of us with bad eyesight we should be dead it's true like we do not have a good biological uh, case to be made Uh, (laughs) just like well whoopsie that's uh have you read the book station 11 Mm -mm. oh my god it is mm, maybe one of my top five favorite books Mm -hmm. it's by a canadian author as well emily st john mandel she looks like the tweeest of the twee ukulele playing type ladies. <laughs> okay. But what she wrote actually is a beautiful novel about a society that collapses after a pandemic. Oh. There is a character in it who is blind basically because he lost his glasses early oh. on in the pandemic and he just kind of has to be a, be a burden on everybody around him. Oh my him. gosh. And I'm like, I would, I would kill myself. Well, make sure to put uh, contacts in your emergency kit. All you havers of glasses, and we'll just we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, maybe maybe he'll be back alley LASIK. Yeah, in the, in the- <laughs> you trying to get some LASIK? <laughs> Come here. It's gonna cost you six cans of Sprite. <laughs> I assume Sprite will be a hot commodity in the. Apocalypse. Oh yes, that's why I've been saving it under my bed. <laughs> um, this entire bed is just made of Sprite. Actually, <laughs> it's deceptively comfortable. It's very nice. Um, so. Uh, uh, then we kind of flash back to, I guess, I, I'm sorry, did you want to do this in segments or not? Because the next thing I wrote down is they're trying to, as they're escaping the city, they are pretending they're on their way to breakfast. And they yeah. say, that's not illegal yet. And I was like, girl. <laughs> I think we wrote the same note. When they make breakfast illegal, that's when I revolt. Well, like when they came I- for my neighbor, I said nothing. But when they came for my brunch, oh my gosh, I got so <laughs> mad. I got so mad. 
Well, they they have an argument too because June's <laughs> like, we should have left when Moyer left, and he's like, okay, it took a long time to get visas, and she's yeah. like, well, we should have left when Moyer left, and it's like, why do we always fight when we're on vacation? <laughs> and Hannah's conked out in the back. They have Benadryl the fuck out of her. Yeah. So we do get that. We know that she's been drugged, and what's also interesting, like we we had no context before for when this car crash that started the series happened absolutely and sort of what had led up to so that's what these flashbacks are so we're getting a virtually uninterrupted look at yeah at their escape and what happened to luke mm-hmm. so you know we start the day that they're like we're gonna get out of boston and we end you know present day for the series essentially right Absolutely. I think, oh my gosh, you and I got so excited when this happened. <gasps> so they go to, not brunch, weirdly, they go they to go a rusted out car junkyard. Yeah, you know, one of those. And they meet a man who was is... Was his name David? I, I apologize, I missed I, his I'm name. I'm pretty sure his name was David, but... Okay. I mean, who whose name is not David? Let's be real. <laughs> okay. And, it's um, a very common name. Yes, it is. I like it. And he says, like, of course I'm going to help you escape. I knew your mom, June. And we were like... <gasps> They have not forsaken us. They're going to put <laughs> off its mom. I got to really give them credit, the showrunners, because all of our like angsty book related mm-hmm. qualms, mm-hmm. they were like, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> I don't know, man. We haven't seen nary a face butter. We haven't. Okay. So the face butter and, you know, we found in the last episode, we saw what Nick had oh, in his box. You know what? When the ambassador uh, from Mexico is handing her a present, I'm like, girl, is that going to be lotion? <laughs> is that lotion? Because if it's lotion, I'll lose my damn mind. But no, it was chocolate. Anyway, so he says that he owes June because June's mom gave him the snip mm. back when they made it illegal to be sterilized, essentially. So mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of information about Alfred's mom. But she may be a doctor. She may be a doctor or just a freelance vasectomy giver. Yeah, I do it on my and, lunch yeah, break. Radical feminists always just know how to give a vasectomy. <laughs> it's one of the things they teach you at the meetings. <laughs> and that and back alley lacing. <laughs> <laughs> so he that's a fascinating so i cannot wait do you have a dream casting for offred's mom <sighs> blythe danner Ooh, blythe danner would be good i was blythe thinking would be really good i was hoping uh susan sarandon even though i'm still mad at her for being bernie or bus i understand i don't think it i don't think susan sarandon because she just did feud oh that's right so she's she would, oversaturated the, the production uh schedule would have been too similar but somebody like I, mean, I feel like susan sarandon and blythe danner kind of look alike and they both kind of look like yeah. Elizabeth Moss. Man, Blythe Danner really would be a great choice. I'm glad you mentioned that. I love Blythe Danner. She's excellent. He plays the violin. <laughs> Don't even get me started on 1776. Oh, girl, I will not. Set uh, in Boston. <laughs> bring it back to the show. <laughs> so they say they have to go into the trunk of the car. And they have to get rid of the backpack that they Which brought. Which is strange because I thought that when he's looking at the things that are left after Hannah and June get snatched, he sees the backpack. So I'm no, confused with why they took it or leave it. The backpack, I don't. There was a bag. 
Okay. But mainly what he saw was like the photo album got ripped oh, apart. Also, and can her I, bunny. Can I say about that? Like, don't bring your photo album. Take the photos out. Put them in your pocket. Come on, guys. It's like you didn't even watch The Walking he's, Dead. He's like, oh, I spent a lot of time in creative memories classes on this. I just really <laughs> want to keep it to show at a crop. Maybe there'll be time for a crop. I don't know. I spent so much time at Michael's <laughs> picking out the acid-free paper. Yeah. So but I do like that he's the one who's sentimental here. Mm-hmm. It's not June. Mm-hmm. Cause the guy's like, you gotta leave everything. And, and his body language is so defensive. Yeah. He's like, you're not taking, like, this is like the last shred of humanity. Right. That they're hanging on to. Right. You know, the guy's just like, you gotta get in the trunk. There's no way they're gonna let a woman out. Yeah. And definitely. the kid. So the whole family's in the trunk. Yeah. And I would also like to say this whole episode has a very 28 Days Later mm-hmm. vibe to me. It certainly does, especially way later in the episode when we get the, like, signposts with people's, like, have you seen this person uh-huh. on it? It's great. And the director, I just looked her up, and oh. now I forget her name again, Floria Sisigmondi, Sig- I believe. Sisigmondi. She's Italian, and she directed the Runaways movie, Oh, which I enjoyed greatly. Do you mean the Runaways, like with Dakota Fanning? And and, yes, yeah. I like that as well. I liked it too. Although the Runaways, boy, they, I feel bad for them. They had a rough time. <laughs> yeah. A lot of women fronted bands did, yeah. Kelly. And, and continue to. Yeah. Hashtag free Kesha. <laughs> oh God. Hashtag free Kesha. Like, her like commander's name is Dr. Luke. Oh my God. We have said a lot of controversial political stuff on this podcast, but if you don't think that Kesha should be free, stop listening right yeah. now. If you're not hashtag free Kesha, get out of my house. You aren't allowed to listen to this podcast anymore. <sighs> Moving on. Get out of here, you Dr. Luke apologist. <laughs> so then let's see. Oh, I think it's funny that when he takes them to like his secret hiding cabin, which we all should have, he takes them to a secret hiding cabin. He says to uh, Luke, he's like, you ever shot a gun? He's like, yes, yeah, in college. And you knew that in his mind, he was like, in the arcade like no i was like i was like who shoots a gun in college i know that's, that's why when you're at your drunkest <laughs> it's not a great time to take up shooting no i think he was like yeah i'm like pretty good at duck hunt like i could do this like yeah. <laughs> that's what i was thinking it was going on in his mind he says the nearest neighbors are two miles away which is two fine. miles six miles and three miles oh okay i paid attention thank it you seemed important that's good and it is <laughs> we, we find out later <laughs> That is, oh, I just want to say, I'm not going to expand on this because it's spoilery, but keep in mind, there was a point in the cabin where Hannah is playing with a tape recorder. Mm-hmm. Just remember, keep yeah, that in your head. it's a spoiler because they knew eventually we would have a podcast <laughs> and we would be talking into a microphone. Yeah, that's and it. And recording the information. Sure. See, I just threw everybody off the scent, Molly. I'm winking at you, book readers. I'm I, winking uh, at you. I cleaned it up for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, all right. So we also find out what Luke's nickname for June is. Yeah. It's June Bug. <laughs> he calls her June Bug. And I wish more people would call me Kelbug. I'm sorry, Kelbug. That was my first email address. Really? Kelbug19 at yahoo.com. That's funny. Mine was mermaid25 at charter.net. What I think. the hell is a charter? <laughs> it's a bygone provider, Kelly. <laughs> it's a bygone provider. I'm just envisioning like the, <laughs> no, the founder of Charter is like hold up all Howard Hughes style somewhere <laughs> listening to this podcast like it's making a comeback. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. <laughs> the next scene I think we see is when Luke is walking 
into a town and the town that he walks in has god hates fags and like gender traitor written all over it so he fags walked in die so he walked into ground the, zero for the westboro baptist church basically he walked AKA into gilead he walked into what was formerly a very gay happening part of town yeah uh, i bet they had the best brunch spot oh my gosh well he walks right into one basically and the really good hairstylists are there like the ones mm-hmm. that you have to like know a guy to know a guy and like the cool sex shops uh-huh. yeah it was a, a nicer time. Yeah. But he walks into the cool brunch spot and he drinks something that is not a mimosa and thinks it's gross. I thought it looks like maybe chicken stock. I you thought maybe it was. I thought it was like the syrup that you put into like frappuccinos or like a mango water or something. Well, whatever it is, he spits it out. And again, this is all very 20 days later. It's because it's that coconut water that had like the little moldy thing on the bottom of it. <laughs> he found it. He was actually the first one to find that. <laughs> But oh, we're no, recording no, 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 this. I got it. It was kombucha. Oh God! <laughs> He's like, it's the it's a dystopia, and I still wouldn't eat kombucha because kombucha is horrible. Oh my God! Thank you. Kombucha tastes like you know at the doctor sometimes when they squirt water into your ear to get stuff out of it. Uh huh. It tastes like that water that came out of someone's <laughs> ear. Kombucha's horrible. It's disgusting. Like you want to know? Here's how to make kombucha in your house. Don't. Stop. Yeah. You, no, look, I am not about fermentation. <laughs> I am as it pertains to barley and beer and pickles, but not mm-hmm. kombucha. Kombucha's no, gross. No. no, thank you. Controversial, I know, but no kombucha. Yeah, so the so, stands we're taking, yes, free Kesha, <laughs> no kombucha. Perfect. Uh, and so but then. If you like kombucha, you don't have to stop listening. Yeah, you can keep listening Whatever. to us, but don't try to like explain to us why kombucha is good. Or like, like tell us about the mother kombucha <laughs> because we don't care. What we do care about is the band of r- people who find him and who start beating him up because they assume that he's a guardian, but he he's put not. on a guardian jacket. See, that's why I don't think people should wear those like joke, like make X great again. Uh-huh. Uh, or make America X again <laughs> hats. Cause you never know. If you see someone from far away, you're not like, ooh, I wonder if there's like a pithy joke on this hat. You're like, ooh, there's a bigot walking towards me. Better go uh, into the Molly, store. You're assuming that liberals have ever beat anyone up, <laughs> which they have not. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. This is why what's happening is happening. Oh boy. So the, this group. What's happening is happening is because guys like Luke never learned how to fire a gun. <laughs> I would be happy if fewer dudes learn how to fire a gun, but that's just me. What Um, if women, more women fired guns? Sure, I trust them. Okay. Uh, (laughs) He meets up with this band of people who are described as an army army brat, a gay, two strays, and a nun. Uh, And they're like a little ragtag group of people who have stolen the van from Scarlet Woods Assisted Living Home and are running around trying to get to the border to Canada. I want the spin-off prequel of this so bad. Agreed. And who knows? We got a second season. Maybe we will. That would be great. <laughs> I mean, we're getting POVs that I never dreamed we would get. It's incredible. It's really Do amazing. You, is there a part... I mean, it's not a spoiler to say that we don't get this information in the book, but is there a part of you that worries that people who watch the show and then read the book are not going to have a good time? No. Because no. the book is great. The book Although, is great. honestly, the book feels like less harrowing than the TV show. <laughs> TVH. Yeah. From this, from the other side, 
It sure does. So well, like about 75% of the way through every episode, I just write in my notes in all caps, my heart. I know. And I can't, you know, I don't even know what I refer to, but it's just like, it's very hard to watch. I was talking about the show with a friend today. Male friend. He's fine. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to come watch me give a speech about diversity in tech. What can I tell okay. you? But he was like, I can't really watch that show right now because it's like torture porn. And like it is, but it isn't like, yeah, it. That's a very um unnuanced reading of it. But I mean, you know, at a very at a very macro level, yes, but like this is deliberate and intentional and it's not exploitative. Yeah. This is torture porn that punches up. Absolutely, if there ever was such a thing. I think I will also once again say I think uh Harlots, another Hulu vehicle punches up in the same way i swear so. to god as soon as i have any time I know. i'm gonna watch it i know but I just it's don't have any time i know i know and i i don't begrudge you and i certainly don't begrudge anybody who can't watch this show because it's upsetting but i think it's significant because it's one of the first shows aimed at women that i've ever seen that is this violent i agree and i was reading an interesting piece today i'm trying to remember where it was from but it was just talking about Oh, it was about the Americans, which is a oh. show that I do adore and I always make time to watch. Mm-hmm. And it was referring to the most recent episode and I won't get into it because <laughs> spoilers, etc. Just talking about prestige TV and the way mm. that it's made us empathize with antiheroes so much. Interesting. And what's really interesting to me about The Handmaid's Tale is that it's just as brutal as a lot of those anti-hero shows. However, we are not made to empathize with the monsters. It is not from the POV of somebody who's doing horrible things. Well, you can make the argument about Serena Joy. Thank you. But I think she ultimately becomes a victim of it. Yeah, I agree. You know, this is not like a Breaking Bad situation, which I know you haven't watched. But Ooh, update. I just started watching it. Oh, <laughs> Yes, bitch. <laughs> I like it, but I also feel the crushing pressure of everybody in the entire world who said, this is the best show ever. So I can't, I don't really have any emotions Listen, about it's it. It's not the best show ever. The best show ever is the Americans. <laughs> so there's that. Well, you know what I think is the best show ever? The Handmaid's Tale? Yep. <laughs> not really. I think more would be like Catastrophe or something. But anyway. I still haven't watched the new season. Too late. It's It'll destroy you. It, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. I kind of want to watch it with Tom, who's well, my recent ex-husband, but I think that might i don't know it would either be really healing or it'd be really destructive i'll talk to you offline but i think it might be destructive okay he goes off with this ragtag group of people which includes a almost handmade with an ear tag so she's a woman that they've rescued they say zoe who is the army brat i assume rescued her from a place where she was being held and they kind of this is the first time luke is introduced to the idea of what's going to happen to the women yeah that they're rounding up the fertile women the nun whose name is lila Okay. Sister Lila. I'm calling her Sister Lila. Of course. Not all nuns go with the honorific. Really? I don't know. It depends. Mm. I haven't been around a nun in the wild recently. So, mm. but she says, yeah, all the fertile women, they're rounding them up. Mm. And so you see that kind of dawning on Luke. And can we talk about how hot Peter is? Ooh, yeah. Gay Peter? <laughs> yes. Ooh. So like, the, like we barely got a good look at him in mm. like the brunch spot where Luke was found by them. But I'm like, mm glasses messy <laughs> hair possibly jewish and then we find out that he's definitely gay i'm like ding 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 hitting all my buttons i was gonna say minus that last detail he oh. does remind me of my man keeper <laughs> in a positive way but i also i i apologize if anybody's upset that we're objectifying almost every man in this show but Give us a break, please. We need something. Why in the hell would you apologize for that? (laughs) 
I don't know. They picked real attractive men for a reason. That's true. They knew that we were going to need something to hold on to. It's true. And that something is Max <laughs> Mangella's butt. Oh, you know, there's no Max Mangella in this episode. Upsetting, but upsetting, but it's okay. <laughs> Fine. We got a lot of our boyfriend in it. And we got he a lot looks of our boyfriend. Very like cute. OT's our boyfriend and Max Mangella is like our dirty little secret. He's like our crush. He's like our crush. And we're like, oh my God, like he would never like us. And then it's like an <laughs> 80s comedy. <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> God forbid, don't play. Don't you forget about me again. I will kill someone. Oh my God. Listen, the fans have been coming out of the woodwork and seeking me out. Some have been seeking me out too, though. We so it's split. Poll. We should take a poll on the Facebook page. All right. And see what the redhead Terriet comes to a consensus on. Hey, this is a pretty good uh, moment to talk about the music that is in, I believe, the next scene when they're in the cabin. So they're making... You mean the music in the next scene in the cabin that made me sob uncontrollably <laughs> for reasons I still don't understand? Well, you described it pretty great as like the James Taylor Pavlov Pavlov's Yeah, I, Pavlov's test. James Taylor. Because <laughs> it just makes your eyes wet. <laughs> Always. Just like, James, you loved heroin so much. So the the music that is playing is Sweet Baby James by James Taylor. And I was look, looking through this uh, lyrics, as I always do, for some... Some double meaning? Mm-hmm. Some sardonic at Woodian so subtext? I, I did get a little bit. There's only like, this is like scraping the barrel slightly, because I think they were just like, what goes well with cabins? James Taylor. But if I were to make... I feel like, I feel like it's a sentient cabin and it just plays the appropriate <laughs> James Taylor song. I would love to listen to that. Okay, so here is the uh the only bit of meaning I can pull from this. There's the chorus says, Good night, you moonlight ladies, rockabye, sweet baby James. Deep greens and blues are the colors I choose. <gasps> like the wives' clothes, depending on how the color on your uh-huh. TV is. <laughs> and it talks... And, Ma- and the Marthas. Mm-hmm. So Both it's- of which are arguably preferable to being a handmaid. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a, there's a song that they sing when they take to the highway... A song that they sing when they take to the sea. A song that they sing of their home in the sky. Maybe you can believe if it helps you to sleep. <gasps> James Taylor dropped some Handmaid's Tale realness. Carly Simon's going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, she's fine. She's so vain. <laughs> so that's a cool part. So I want to say there's an element to this episode that feels more like a typical TV show that I've seen before. Yes, I agree. Which it's it's very like heisty feeling. Mm-hmm. There is also this 28 days later children of men vibe to it. Mm-hmm. It's a little grittier, which I like about it. But also, didn't you find yourself because it was so, you know, run of the mill TV show? Didn't you find yourself kind of tense the whole time being like, what fucked no, up I thing was is like, going to happen? Like, what, what, what curveball are you about to throw? Something's got to give. And <laughs> yeah. And Jack Nicholson showed up and we were all surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I love when they, when they pick Luke up, he's like saying, he's like, I got to get back to Boston. I got to get back to Boston, <laughs> which like pro tip, nobody has to go back to Boston. <laughs> Once is enough. <laughs> but I'm sorry, what's her name? Zoe? Zoe. She's like the ringleader. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're going to bleed to death. And Luke just goes, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer, Luke. Really Full good. marks, five stars, <laughs> would fuck you again. Yeah, exactly. Luke is the opposite of Boston. Mm-hmm. I and go then, back every time. Oh, yes, please. And then the silent, ha- almost handmade, gives him a beer and... 
personally, I would have been really upset because it looks like a rolling rock. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, we're living in a dystopia, but I will still not drink this swill. Like, please, we just came from Boston. There's better what, beer there. What would be the appropriate shittiest beer that you would have in a dystopia? Oh, God. It would be like Natty Ice. <laughs> I would, I think, would I rather have a rolling rock than a Natty Ice? Yes, but it's like a very thin margin. Because as much as I love, I get fooled every time because I love the art design of Rolling Rock. And then I you have like one. bottle? It's like the the logo is really cute, but can't do it. So so that was upsetting. They are driving, driving, driving to Toronto. Oh, and so Luke, they, they give, they sell Luke the idea that we're going to get off at some point and you can take, you know, your own boat. To back to Marblehead. Yeah. But I don't think you do. And here's why I don't think you do. So when they stop, they go into the church where they had been hiding fertile women. And predictably, I mean, I guess this is the moment that we were waiting for something mm-hmm. effed up to happen. And there's people hanging. They're strung the up church. on all the rafters in the church. And Zoe's like, yeah, everybody who fought back, this is what happens. She's mm-hmm. like, there's the US government has people in Toronto. If you go there, you can maybe find your wife and daughter. Mm-hmm. So he, like, he finally gets sold on the plan. Another cool detail here is the angel statue that they show has the same eye hacked off that uh, Janine has. Symbols. Symbols. We got them. I also like that stone angel because, as we discussed in the previous episode of the podcast, OT Fag Benley was in... I knew you were going to say this. No, but he was in uh, Silence in the Library and... Oh, but they weren't weeping angels in those episodes. It I was silence, no. Which no, is the so other there's monster. there's no weeping angels in silence and oh, no, I don't. It's, it, but it was that same season, okay, of Doctor Who. Very scary. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> very scary little crossover there. And so he makes it to Toronto. He makes it to Toronto, and we're flash forward to three years later. Uh, you're missing a pretty key development here. Oh, I apologize. Which is when they get to the dock. Which is like secreted away. It's a guy with a boat and he's like, you paid for five. This is six. You're right. Luke's like, all right, I got morphine. I got Percocet. The guy's like, it's a good start. Luke gives him his wedding ring. This always devastates me in fiction. It is a device. In reality, I don't give a fuck about a wedding ring. (laughs) I know. I started having that conversation with you and then the shooting began. Yeah, the shooting. (laughs) Molly was like, what'd you do with your wedding ring? And I was going to be like, oh, it's in the other room. I can't decide if I'm going to get the engagement stone. Ah! Like, <laughs> so they've been found and they shoot Zoe, mm. like, right away. Yeah. Luke and what is her name? The I feel like she doesn't tell it because she, she doesn't speak. So they don't yeah, have so a name for speak, her. So they get on the boat and they manage to get away. But, like, they're being shot at the whole way. I'm going to call her Muty. <laughs> I feel like that isn't okay, but sure. Okay. Then I'm going to call her. Sh- <laughs> I'm going to call her. I'll never tell. Perfect. You're right. Mutie is probably not nice to yeah. say. I apologize to all of our listeners who are speaking impaired. They get away mm-hmm. and it's like, boy, I sure wish they could make the jump to hyperspace. Mm. And then we cut to three years later. Yeah. And Luke is looking fine. He's mm. very trim. Very Oof. trim looking. Just Oof. not wearing his glasses. So maybe he got contacts. No, he had to put his glasses I know back he did. on. I was just hopeful. <laughs> hey, do you think that we're supposed to believe that potentially he's having a relationship with Shh. I thought about that, but like he was so annoyed with her in general. Yeah. That I feel like no. Okay. And besides which, I think that's just our cultural preconditioning. Mm-hmm. 
to assume any man and woman are doing it. I guess you're right. It, I don't know why. I, I had that thought briefly, but I, but I think then later events of the episode. Okay. Reveal that that's probably not the case. Okay. But even if he did, I know. Like, it's like wartime rules. I don't man. know why that would make me more upset than, uh, June sleeping with Nick, but it would. Because <laughs> Max Mangel is way hotter than Shh. Uh, <laughs> well, Shh is a fine looking lady, she's, but like. Yeah, but she's fine, whereas Max Mangel is fine. <laughs> so they're in Little America in Toronto, which is very cute. I thought that was so adorable. I'm like, oh my God, we're like everybody else now. Yay. <laughs> we have refugees too. <laughs> and he gets a call, which I'm, I don't know if we were supposed to be able to hear I what don't was think going we were on. At all. Okay. All right. If I think, anybody, you know, I think we were, you know, we were supposed to like know that it was related to the message that sure. Gene sent him. Sure. And so sure enough, he goes to like the American consulate. He, he starts, now this is what I was a little confused of because he begins the conversation, like, I think it's a, a school and he takes out like collected, uh, newspaper clippings. I wonder if he thinks that he's trying to give them the location of like the Rachel and Leah center. I think it's something like that or maybe mm-hmm. it has to do with where shh came from. Oh, probably. So, you know, it's, un- it, which is probably he's that clearly, he's clearly thinking that they've called him in to discuss something very different than what they've actually called him in to okay. discuss. So we find out June's last name and Wait. she didn't take his name, BT dubs. That's nice. Mm-hmm. So his last name has been Coley and her last name is Osborne. So like Joan Osborne. Yeah. Like, or, what if God was one of us? Or Ozzy Osborne, which is going off the rails on a crazy train. What do you think the symbolism of all that is? I want a cabin that plays that song. <laughs> yeah, you don't want the Osborne cabin. There's a bunch of bats there. <laughs> With no heads. No heads. They're just like limping around. Oh, poor headless bats. So he finds, th- they give him this letter from Flores, from Alfred, and the contents of the letter says, I love you so much. Save Hannah. And we were shook. We were very <laughs> shook. We get a real tight close up. Well, because Luke asks for a minute to collect himself and we get a very tight close up, very similar to what we had with Emily after the clitoridectomy. Clitoridectomy? Yes. But this is a totally different tone and they play a song yeah. that we don't know the name of because Mitch isn't here. Yeah. <laughs> so those man keepers are never around when never. you need them. But it is just a stunning, mm-hmm. stunning scene. And OT is 100% an actor of the same caliber as Elizabeth Moss. He yeah. carries this whole episode mm-hmm. with a plum. I mean, none of the other major players are in this episode. No. We get the flashbacks with Emos. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's it. That's it. There's yeah. no other main players from the main cast Man. in this episode. It is all OT. Our boyfriend kicked butt. This so time. we should all make him a really nice dinner. Absolutely. I would. And buy him flowers. Please. Mm-hmm. I would. Or maybe a little succulent. <laughs> okay. I'll give him a succulent. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning I'm going to give him a plant native to deserts. So. And a blowjob. The only thing that we left out was a little wrinkle at the cabin. I'm and this, sorry. Again, this is a bit that strained our credulity a little bit. But you know, this is, this is a much shorter recap than usual because so much of it was nonverbal. Pretty much. So much of it was Luke 28 days later in. Mm-hmm. He was pulling a real Killian. Mm-hmm. And so there's just not as much to tell, but so they've been living at the cabin. Mm-hmm. We do get that sweet James Taylor scene with mm-hmm. the pancakes. 
Also, like, obviously, let the kid have chocolate chip pancakes. Like, the world is dying. Like, let her have just straight up chocolate chips with syrup. Who gives you know, a but fuck? But I think people try to maintain some level of normalcy. Ugh. I think it all the time. Like, <laughs> in the teasing. current world, it's like, what is going on? But it's like, well, I'm still really concerned about my work. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it, I think it's a coping mechanism. I know. I'm, I'm being obtuse for humor. <laughs> For a humor oh, joke. I forgot that this was a humor joke podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> Bleep blorp. Bleep blorp. Shrill. Shrill. <laughs> Laugh. Shrill. Laugh. Shrill. Uh, so get to the point where they're, they're on they're, the dock. They're outside on this dock. And we did not believe that they would go there. No. I I, I, I hate think it. I hate it when a writing staff makes characters make decisions that the characters are too smart to make. Well, to be honest, maybe it is what you were saying about keeping normalcy. Because have you ever mm. tried to keep a little kid inside when they don't want to be inside? Like, oh, it, yes. there's no doing it. So I will give them that it makes sense that they would take her outside <laughs> well, for some this air. Is because but David, David was like, I'm going to get you guys Canadian passports mm-hmm. and then we'll take you to the border. Right. So, so I, they've been, uh, we don't know how long they've been at the cabin. Right. But I, I don't begrudge them going outside. I just feel like if they went outside, they should stay pretty close to the house. They should not make any noises mm-hmm. because two miles, if your closest neighbor is two miles, like they'll hear you they'll if hear you, you yell. And, and you're out in nature. Sound carries. Act, absolutely. And, I've never and it, been in nature, but I hear this is true. <laughs> I think it's silly to assume that your neighbors wouldn't walk around, especially like if they live in the woods, they're woodsy folk. They yeah. love to hike. Uh-huh. They love to, you've got this beautiful lake. Like it's silly to assume that no one would come near your side of the lake. Like, yeah. So a guy in a hunting jacket. Well, first we see a dog and I yes. freaked out. Yes. And then there's a guy in a hunting jacket and uh-huh. he's like kind of making small talk and they're being like, hey, okay. And then they go back to the cabin and they're packing to leave because mm-hmm. they're like, this guy saw us. We got to get out. Mm-hmm. June and uh, Luke are kind of dealing with the gun because she sees him and he's like, oh, well, David was like, here's this gun. And he's starting to show her how to use it. And then there's a face at the window and it's this guy. And he's like and wrapped name, up. His name is Joe. Okay. Hi. My name is Joe. <laughs> I work in a button factory. All day. <laughs> I have a wife and three kids, all brats. <laughs> One day, my boss came to me and said, Joe, are you busy? I said, no. <laughs> Oh boy, that's a fun one. <laughs> but he looks very scary because he's all done up in like a oh, balaclava yeah. and yeah. a scarf and he's so scary. And they point the gun at him and he goes, no, please, I have a dog. <laughs> in my mind, that's what he said. But he, he says he's a friend and he says, scary. He says, David is dead and hung up in the square. Yeah. So it's possibly only a matter of time for someone comes for them and, to hurt well, them. And he says he heard on his scanner mm. that they know there's a couple from Boston mm. and they're looking for them. I'm so scared. So they basically are like, okay, so he tells them a road to take. Because he's yeah. like, I'm a friend. Like He's part of people. He's part of this underground network. Right. So he tells them, take this road. Somebody will meet you two miles from the border. And so mm. that's where they were going. So okay. it, it gives a lot of different context to why Luke was driving so badly. Oh, that's um, interesting. Because, well, this is not the plan. Right. The plan was that when they made their border run, they would have Canadian passports. Right. Which would, wow. you know, it might not be 100% effective, but it would at least, it would make me feel better, you know? Yeah. So. That's, that's a great that, point. That's what brings us, to, you know, back around to the point where they crash the car and everything happens. Wow. Jeez, what a phenomenal episode. It's such a great episode. 
Oh my gosh. Now, like, this is slightly warming me on the idea of doing season two from more different perspectives, but mm-hmm. I think we always have to keep our foothold wherever, uh, Offred or June and we is. We do get June because as, as Luke is having this moment of reading and he's like kissing a note and we see oh. her and we get her voiceover saying mm-hmm. the, the words. And it's just so beautiful. Yeah. It's, she has a beautiful profile too, by the way. Stunningly beautiful. Yeah. And I just am like, I want these crazy kids and Hannah back I together. Know. They call her Hannah Banana. The nicknames in this show are on point. Oh my God. They're, <laughs> no. And cause they're like the exact right of like cute and like, Oh my God. <laughs> Only your dad would call you that. Yeah. Very good. Excellent episode. Really great episode. I'm so excited to see where we go next. I, yeah, we're winding I, down. I'm much more sold on season two. Me too. I'm much more sold on it. The the Serena Joy POV really made me oh. be like, all right, I feel confident that these people know what they're doing. Yeah. They're gosh. taking us on a really interesting ride, and I am here for it. I trust them so much. Mm-hmm. This is great. Well, I, I, have... I consent to season two <laughs> of The Handmaid's Tale officially. <sighs> I do too. Yeah. So I'm super stoked for the next episode. Yeah. I can't wait to read it, to read it, to watch it. Go hug your loved ones. Get emergency contacts. Absolutely. <laughs> and Nolite Tebastardes Carborundorum. Dum 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 handmaids. I was gonna make a joke about like jump into Josephat, but I can't. I can't. Goodbye. Holy handmaids, Batman. You know what I say? The longer you flirt, the more you gon' squirt. Ew. <laughs>